Before we get into today's Reddit stories, I first of all need to tell you about one of my other favorite Reddit podcasts out there, The OKOP Show. If you guys are looking for even more daily Reddit content, then The OKOP Show with John and Sam is perfect for you. Just search for the letters OKOP wherever you get your pods. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This entitled dad tells his 14-year-old daughter that going to school is more important than her friend's funeral. My entitled dad didn't want me to go to my friend's funeral. So this happened a long time ago, back when I was in eighth grade, 14 years old. I'm currently in 11th grade. Anyways, so back in sixth to eighth grade, I had this one friend I'll call Caroline. She was always very sweet and constantly thinking about others and the environment. In seventh grade, she was diagnosed with cancer. She went into remission at the end of seventh grade and was cancer-free for about four months before they found a new group of cancer. I hadn't heard from her in a while, but was still in contact with our mutual friends. It was a Tuesday when I got a call from my friend Alex. She was with a group of my friends when she told me that Caroline had passed. At first, I didn't believe her and told her to stop joking around. Finally, it hit me that she was actually gone. But by that point, I'd got to school. I cried through my entire first hour and second hour. I felt numb for the rest of the day. When I got home, I told my parents I wanted to go to the funeral. My mum was pretty supportive. She didn't want me to miss school, but she knew how much I wanted to be there for my friends and how I needed closure. My entitled dad, on the other hand, said that school was more important and that I shouldn't go unless I needed to. I told him that not only did I need to go, but I wanted to be there for my friends. He grumbled and said that it wasn't that big of a deal and that missing school would mess me up. The day of the funeral, he asked me in the morning if I was absolutely sure that I wanted to miss school for this. I ignored him mostly. I went and cried with my friends. I'm glad I went there because I ended up making amends with an old friend and was able to help another friend who started having a panic attack. It helped most of us get a lot closer than we had been. My entitled dad still grumbled about me missing school, but my teachers were understanding and gave me extensions. I mean, honestly, what does he think is going to happen? One half day of school, one full day of school to go to your friend's funeral. There's literally nothing more tragic than a child dying. And he says, no, you're not allowed to go. You're going to miss what? One maths lesson? Who cares? Thankfully, your teachers aren't as stupid as your dad. But it's crazy to me that he prioritizes a few lessons at school of your emotional well-being and seeking closure after your friend's death. I'm your new manager and you'll listen to me. No, I really won't. This story happened when I was still working as a machinist back when I was 19. I started that job on second shift, 2 p.m. to 10 p.m., but was transferred to weekend shift, 5 a.m. to 5 p.m., barely six months later. Now, the manager for weekend was an older man we'll call James. This is important for later. Since the weekend was severely understaffed, we were each put in charge of multiple machines. I was in charge of running four machines that formed a big block in a corner of the factory hardly anyone ever went to. One Friday morning, as I was setting up my machines, a short, rotund man with a Vernon Dursley moustache walked up behind me and tapped me on the shoulder. Surprised that I had a visitor, I pulled my head out of the machine and greeted him. 
Hi, can I help you with something? I ask. He introduces himself. Okay, nice to meet you. I'm OP. I hold up my hand for him to shake, which he ignores. Yeah, I'm just looking around, uh, trying to get a feel for the place, you know? Understandable, I guess. I trailed off, not really sure what he wanted, and knowing I had about 20 minutes to get the machines going before I fell behind on my work order. You've got a pretty nice setup here. I wouldn't have known there was anyone working back here if I hadn't wandered over this way. Yeah, I guess. I bet you have fun back here. You can just slack off all day and no one comes by to bother you. He laughs in a condescending way. Sorry, but is there a point to this conversation or can I finish setting up? Yeah, I probably could have been a bit more tactful here, but I worked my butt off and had the highest job completion rate out of every shift who ran those machines. This was quite a feat considering I was alone and the other shifts had between two and four people running the same machines. The man then sneers at me. You don't know who I am, do you? Nope. Should I? Yeah, you should. I'm your new boss. I stare at him for a second, then I laugh. Wait, what? Did James finally retire? What? James? What's he got to do with this? Uh, James is my manager? It was at this moment I realized that this guy had gotten ahead of himself and didn't even know who he was in charge of yet. No, he's not. I am. I was just promoted to first shift manager. That means you work for me. No, that's not what that means, I said slowly. I'm on weekend shift, not first. So you're not my boss, James is. Well, if you're weekend, then why are you running first shift's equipment? He asked in a, aha, got you kind of way. Well, this is where I've been assigned. You want specifics? You're going to have to ask the manager. I didn't choose which machines I run. I am your manager. No, you're not. Now, can I please get back to work? At this point, this guy steps into my personal space and looks up at me with a frown on his face, like it was somehow my fault that I was a foot taller than he was. I'm the first shift manager. Good for you, man. And I mean that. But that doesn't mean you're my manager. He then pokes me in the chest. I'm the first shift manager. That means you have to listen to me. I look down at his finger, then take a step back so he isn't touching me anymore. Don't do that. He is seemingly amused by my response, so steps closer and tries to poke me again. It was at that moment that my actual manager showed up. What's going on, OP? Says James. Machine ready to get moving? Not yet. I was just being introduced to this guy. Guess I got distracted. James sees how irritated I look and quickly realized what was going on. Is that right? Hey, uh, why don't you let me introduce you to the other weekend guys? OP's got to get these machines going so he can make rates. Yeah, sure. Have a good day, OP. I'll see you later. James leads him away and I got back to work without any more interruptions the rest of my shift. But the new manager had apparently decided that my defiance was unacceptable and something he needed to personally correct. So I hadn't seen the last of him just yet. Over the next five months, every encounter with this man went about the same way. He would try to give me orders, I'd refuse, and he would keep pressing until I got irritated. But eventually, James got tired of the new manager complaining about me not listening to him and called me into the office for a chat. He basically told me to just suck it up and do what he asked, that it was only because I wasn't listening to him that he kept bugging me, and that if I just gave in, he'd get bored eventually and leave me alone. So I begrudgingly went along with it and started doing all of the BS tasks that he wanted me to do. These tasks included painting tables for first shift, fixing in Entire baskets full of parts that first shift screwed up, shoveling brass chips from a wheelbarrow to a barrel for absolutely no reason, and setting up machines for first shift. And I was expected to do those while still doing my own job. If I didn't really need the money, I would have quit the moment James told me to go along with his BS. 
But since I didn't, the entitled manager only got more brazen as time went on. Things finally came to a head one Saturday morning. Someone on third shift had forgotten to lock up the machine after a sensor malfunctioned. So I went about setting it up for the next order code like I always did, completely unaware of the time bomb I had my head inside of. One of the pneumatic doors bugged out due to the faulty sensor and slammed shut on my hand. I should mention I had the machine in setup mode, which should have stopped that from happening. But that's why it's so important to lock out a machine when there's a sensor or an electrical issue in those machines. I was lucky my hand wasn't crushed. As it was, my hand basically turned into a single giant bruise that even made it down to the bones. With the help of another co-worker, I got my hand out and went and reported the accident to James. Company policy stated that I had to go to the hospital to have it checked out. After having the machine inspected, James knew I couldn't have done anything to prevent it, but I still had to go to take a drug test after the hospital visit as a formality. Well, the new manager got wind that I was involved in the accident and decided now would be a great time to press his luck. He comes barging into James's office, demanding to know why I was stupid enough to put my hand inside a machine that everyone knew was messed up. Because I didn't know it was messed up? That's BS. You just wanted an excuse to go home. I ignored him and kept my eyes focused on James while he finished filling out my paperwork. I always knew you were a wuss, but this is a new level even for you, OP. What, you can't stand working like a real man, so you're just going home? I keep ignoring him. Hey, OP, OP, I'm talking to you. He steps around in front of me and pokes me in the chest while still ranting at me. Him touching me was the last straw. James... Get this stupid effort out of my face. Oh, you've done it now, he said triumphantly. You can't talk to me like that. I'm a manager. I'll have you fired. Do it, please. For the love of God, fire me. OP, calm down, James says. Just think about what you're saying. James, I swear to God, if he's still in this office in three seconds, I'm going to pick up this chair and I'm not going to stop until it's broken or he is. That shut the guy up for a minute anyway. James, are you going to let him talk to me like that? He just threatened me. Listen, I'd advise you to shut the hell up and leave. OP's a big guy and I'm too old to try and stop him if he decides to follow through. The new manager darted out of the room a few seconds later. You know, you can't threaten people like that, OP. I'll back you up this time because he was out of line, but I won't be able to protect you next time. Yeah, thanks, James. Look, I'll call you when I leave the hospital. I said before leaving the office and driving myself 20 miles to the nearest one. The new manager never tried to harass me after that day. In fact, he did his best to avoid going anywhere near me, but he didn't exactly learn his lesson either. I'll tell that story if anyone is interested. Now, guys, clearly I haven't had a chance yet to hear if you're interested, but I know that I am and there is an update. So here we go. So unfortunately, a few months after my accident, I was moved to a different department. This one dealt almost exclusively with lead products, while I'd mostly worked with steel and lead-free products before then. It turns out I'm pretty allergic to being absolutely covered in lead dust, so I was told they couldn't risk having me in the department anymore and they let me go. To this day, I think the only reason I was moved was because of my altercation with the new manager, but I don't have any proof. Now, a few of you asked why this new guy was able to get away with so much. The reason for that is simple, nepotism. His dad was head of the foundry for the better part of 30 years. And while he didn't have quite as much pull as the owners, he was well-liked and most people treated his word as law. So the entitled manager was given a job straight out of high school and he'd never worked anywhere else. His dad covered for him at every opportunity until the day he retired. Then his friends continued the trend. There was one incident where the entitled manager took a hammer to a vending machine and the plant manager bought a new one without so much as a harsh look in his direction. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There was a whole mess surrounding my leaving that ended with the plant manager and the entitled manager lying to a judge about why I left. They tried to say I was a bad employee who didn't deserve my unemployment wages, which ultimately led to a trial, which I won. Now, most of this information comes from a few of my friends that still worked at the factory, but I know it's true because it made it into the local papers. The plant manager, the one who'd been protecting the entitled manager, had his power severely stripped after the trash storm with the judge settled. He had an assistant plant manager assigned to help him manage his workload, which is a fancy way of saying they tasked someone with watching him. Because his biggest backer was essentially now taken out of the picture, the entitled manager didn't enjoy the same leeway he did with me. In fact, it seemed the new plant manager really didn't like him. So when the entitled manager pushed another guy a little too far one day and he had a hammer wrench chucked at his head hard enough to shatter a window, the thrower was just written up for breaking the window instead of fired or arrested for assault. About eight months after I left, the plant manager who'd been protecting the entitled manager was let go by the company. And for good reason. He'd had the plant making parts they didn't even have orders for. And for those who don't know, at the end of the year, when it's time to report the earnings and inventory to the IRS, you actually have to pay for the inventory you have on hand presumably as estimated income since it's assumed you had orders for them. They had 10 30-foot tall, 40-foot wide shelves full of baskets of parts ready to be sold, and not one of them had an order code assigned to them. So the plant manager was gone after that blunder. An intelligent person would have realized after that that it was probably time to stop being a butthole to people and that they were now well and truly alone in the factory. But not the entitled manager. No, he didn't learn a dang thing. Despite hammer wrenches being thrown at him, his tires mysteriously going flat five times in a month, and pretty much everyone in the factory hating his guts. Why he wasn't just fired, I honestly don't know, but he wasn't. Until the day he landed the company in even more hot water. So, there was a truck driver who'd been working for the parent company of the factory for 20-something years. He was a well-liked, soft-spoken man who'd never been so much as written up in his 20 years. He was also black, which is important for this next part. This story was told to me by my friend George, who was a machinist. He was working about 10 feet away from the truck driver when this happened. One day, While the driver was waiting for his truck to be loaded up, the entitled manager spots him standing around on his phone. I heard he was talking to his wife, but I don't actually know. Hey, what are you doing? He asks. The truck driver pulls his phone away from his ear. I'm waiting for my truck to be loaded. Do you need something? Well, if you don't have anything better to do while you wait, how about you grab a broom and start sweeping? You know, actually make yourself useful for something other than blocking the path. Oh, I was blocking you? Sorry, I didn't realize. He then tries to move out of the way. Didn't you hear me? I said grab a broom and start sweeping. That's not my job, man. But look, if I'm bothering you, I'll just wait outside until my truck's ready, okay? That's what I hate about you, N-words. You're always trying to do anything to get out of work. The truck driver hangs up his phone and tucks it in his pocket. Don't do that again. Do what? You know dang well what. I don't know what kind of bad day you're having, but don't use that word. The entitled manager steps closer to him. What did you say to me? The driver doesn't back down. I said, 
don't use that word. What the frick are you going to do if I do? And then he says it again while poking the driver in the chest. What the truck driver did was immediately after that word left the entitled manager's mouth a second time, he punched the heck out of him. Now, I've heard conflicting stories about this part. Some say he jumped on the entitled manager's chest and proceeded to pound him into the concrete until someone could haul him off. But George claims he only hit him once, and that one punch cracked an eye socket, shattered his nose, and broke his jaw. Just for good measure, there was a forklift parked behind the entitled manager at the time, and that's what cushioned his fall. The forklift driver sitting in the driver's seat swears he thought he'd been rear-ended by another forklift after the entitled manager fell into him. An ambulance was called, and he was rushed to hospital to undergo emergency surgery, and the driver was unfortunately arrested for assault. Don't worry though. Remember that plant manager who didn't like the entitled manager? He was at home at the time it happened, but he made it to the factory before the truck driver was taken away in handcuffs. He personally dropped a few hundred dollars and went around to everyone in the factory with a collection bag asking them to donate to pay the truck driver's bail fund. He raised over 10 grand in less than an hour and had the driver bailed out in three. The driver sued the company for emotional damages, racial discrimination, and a couple of other things. Then he retired with the money he got from the case. There were a lot of people who backed up his word that the entitled manager started it. And as for the manager, he was fired before he woke up from his surgery's anesthetic. The plant manager personally drove almost an hour on his day off to tell the entitled manager the good news in person. And then he waited for him to wake up just to make sure he got it. He applied to several other management positions in the local area, but he'd burned a heck ton of bridges during his life and nobody would hire him. He now works as a food vendor at a traveling carnival. I still see him once a year when the carnival comes to town and he scowls at me every time like I personally ruined his life. That look is the only reason I still go to that carnival. Wow, what an incredible story. I've got to say thank you to OP for providing an update. That second part was fantastic. Fantastic justice as well. Imagine waking up from an operation where you've been anesthetized and you hear, yeah, by the way, mate, uh, you're fired. Like if, if things couldn't get any worse, you just get told to your face by someone you hate, you're fired from your job. You know what? Sometimes when you get stories like this that are just so feel good and yeah, people just get great justice that they deserve. It makes me feel truly fantastic. And I hope it does to you lot as well because you know what there's nothing better than seeing someone get fantastic karma when they really really deserve it hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget check out quince they've got all the good stuff shirts and polos activewear and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands and the best part they're all about safe ethical and responsible manufacturing Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 